Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. From San Diego, California, this is the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call at 858-876-5663. That's 858-876-5663. In today's show, we talk about the importance of continuing to do what you did at the beginning of the relationship with your spouse. Powerful stuff. And this comes just as we read an email from a couple that hasn't been doing that and are in crisis right now. And I want you to think about this quote today from author and motivational speaker, Tony Robbins. He said, do what you did at the beginning of the relationship and there won't be an end. And that's really what we're going to dig deep into today and, and talk about what you did then and what you need to do now to get back to that place. But before we do that, those of you that are brand new listeners, you don't know this about the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Those of you that have been listening for a long time, this is probably one of the favorite parts of the show for you. Oh, by far for me, it's it's a highlight. I love this part. We love this part. This is called our, our hug. And hugs are feedback from listeners just like you, whether they you know, find us on Instagram or send us a message on Facebook or send us an email or even just call in uh, that number that Tony gave at the top of the show, the 858-876-5663. This is your opportunity to share what the One Extraordinary Marriage show or any of our content has done in your marriage. And this week's hug is brought to you by One Extraordinary Marriage. Imagine learning something new about your spouse. Imagine connecting on a deeper level than ever before. Some of you might be thinking this is impossible, but we assure you that it isn't. With the right questions, you can deepen your connection and intimacy in just a few minutes. So in case I've piqued your curiosity and you want to know where you can find out more, go to connectlikeyoudid.com and there's a resource there that you can check out and get more information on just how to ask those questions to learn more and connect on a deeper level. Again, that's at connectlikeyoudid.com. And this week's hug comes to us. It's actually written by a firefighter. And he wrote in and said, I had to write and sing the praises of my wife. I know you two will enjoy this. I got home after working a 96-hour shift, running 37 calls. He said, each call burns about an hour and not sleeping for more than two hours at a time over those four days. Our oldest had race team practice and the youngest wanted to ski with dad. So immediately after getting home, my wife had the girls ready to go. I switched vehicles and up the hill we went. Got home at 440. She whispers in my ear that we have 20 minutes before ballet practice and she knows I'll be tired tonight. So let's go upstairs, lock the door and crank out a quickie. I'm so wiped at this point that sex is the last thing on my mind. But she knows that and she took the lead. Afterwards, she put the finishing touches on dinner, sent me to the couch to veg, and then took the youngest to ballet. All I had to do was assemble the plates for the other two and browse Facebook. 
After she got home, we regrouped, cleaned up dinner, emphasis on the wee part, and then went out for drinks at our favorite bar to catch up on the week since I'd been so slammed at work that we had only talked for maybe 20 minutes over the 96-hour shift. Mm. I'm lying in bed now, realizing how good of a day it was, even though I was mostly in zombie land. My wife brought her A-game today, and I couldn't be prouder of her. Prouder of her. Your guys' ministry has something to do with this, so thank you. Mm. You are so welcome, and thank you and your wife for being listeners to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show. Um, you know, the life of a firefighter is, it's tough. You know, when you have those shifts and you're not sleeping and you're in this high adrenaline mode and you come home and and your wife's whispering in your ear, hey, let's go make good use of the 20 minutes we have. And you know what? You brought your A game too, because you could have very easily been like, no, I'm too tired. I'm too wiped. I'm too whatever. But you, you stepped up. And while she was stepping up and taking the lead, you were right there too. Just saying, you know what? My marriage is important to me Mm -hmm. this time with you is important to me. So hats off to both of you. Um, glad to see that both sides of that couple are making the A game a priority in their marriage. Yeah. So, you know, Tony reads that quote, or I read the quote at the top of the show and Tony had actually posted that probably about a week or so on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that don't follow us on Instagram, you can find us there at one extraordinary marriage. Uh, virtually every day we've got inspirational quotes, things that you can do in your marriage, sort of like the show, but just in picture form. And that quote really connected with so many of you. Mm-hmm. And so it was one of those things where, you know, we started thinking about why is this, why is this connecting so much? Why are you, why are we getting so many comments? What's going on here? And you know, a lot of it has to do with the fact that in the beginning of a relationship, there's nothing more important than that other person. I mean, you will, you will bend schedules, you will drop other things. And then over time, that importance, that sense that this is my most important person, that starts to fade. And in the beginning, you can't wait to hear every detail of your, your special someone's day, right? Like it's the most mundane things like what'd you have for breakfast? And well, what'd you do at work today? And, and all of those things seem so crazy important when you're just getting to know someone. And then over time, yeah, you've probably heard it before. You know, well, yeah, you went to work and you had a meeting with your boss and yeah, well, you know what? The kids, you know, throw tantrums every day and you know, that kind of stuff. And so there's, there's not as much emphasis placed on communication. And, and in the beginning, you know, how many of you on those like first couple of dates and, you know, in the first year of the relationship, you get dressed up for that special someone. Like you'd mm-hmm. put on the makeup or you'd put on a clean shirt or, you know, you'd actually care what you looked like when you were going to see that special someone. And then, you know, over time, like I did early in the years of our marriage, you know, I'd go to bed in like, as, especially because in winter, I'm freezing cold. I'd go to bed with as many layers on as I could. And none of them were attractive. I mean, it was like the wool socks and the sweatpants. And I just, I didn't care. I didn't care. We'd go out on dates. And I still remember going out on a date with Tony wearing a Dr. Seuss Circus McGurkis long sleeve t-shirt. And like, I look back knowing that I wore that. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I think that was in like your early thirties too. I loved that. I, I loved that Dr. Seuss Oh, I get it. It just wasn't, it didn't really scream, I love you. Right? Like it's, right. you know, and you know, so you start to lose that. You start to like lose that importance that I want to look good for you. Yeah, I want to feel not- good for you. And this isn't a vanity thing, but 
And it doesn't have to be on every date night either. No, because I mean, you know, there have been date nights, you know, recently where like when we went stand up or not stand up, kayaking, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in like, you know, board shorts and a tank top, but that was completely appropriate for that type of date. And, you know, going back to the beginning of the relationship, you know, every encounter, every phone call, every conversation is just laced with this idea of discovery, right? Like I'm going to learn something new about this person. And then after you've been together for a couple of years, a couple decades, there's this mindset shift that starts to happen. Like, I know everything I need to know about this person. Like, there's going to be nothing new. We've been together for so long. I will tell you, Tony and I are still discovering new things about each other. Mm-hmm. And we're in between our 18th and 19th year. And we're also discovering things that as we get older that have changed, we're discovering things that... You know, things that we used to like, we don't tend to like as much anymore. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes comes with maturity. That comes with growing together and being able to share with each other that, you know what? I no longer enjoy that. Or this area of my life, I'm not really too concerned about anymore. So it goes the other way too. It's just, you know, we grow, we mature, we, we become you know, grownups, oh. <laughs> which is, you know, for some of us who, who met early, like Elise and I, we met young. I mean, we were early twenties. Some of you, you know, it's a different deal. You're, you're, you're in a second marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, you met your spouse in your thirties, maybe even into your forties. And so you still found time though, in the beginning to woo them, mm-hmm. to make time for them, find time with, for them. You know, as you're courting them, even though you had kids and and she had kids, you made sure to find time to spend together prior to getting married, and then you get married. And that's not always the case after the fact. And and the last thing I want to say about the beginning is that in the beginning, infatuation feels like love. Like there's just this high emotional charge, right? And and you're just like, oh, you know, the whole butterfly phenomenon that, you know, people talk about. And over time, they're like, I just don't have those butterflies anymore. And, you know, over time, true love, true love doesn't always come with that highly like physical emotional charge right? Like I know what I have in my marriage now is not the same thing that I felt when I first met Tony. Not, not by a long shot. Mm-hmm. I know now I have so much more than what that girl, because I was 20, just, just turning 21, like two weeks after I met Tony. Um, that girl, what she felt for Tony was seriously, it was infatuation for a long time, for a long time. And it's matured. Well, at I was a good looking dude. We need to post a picture from that somewhere. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not posting pictures. <laughs> let, 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 let me, <laughs> you were a good, like I fell for you, but you know, it was like the, the small okay. round wire rim glasses. Whoa. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that on another time. But you know, all this to say is that at the beginning of a relationship, what's going on there? You know, everything feels so good and so new and you know what's going on? You know what's going on? You're actually invested in making the relationship work, right? You're investing in, you know, getting to know this person and you're invested in looking good for this person, right? You're trying to make a good, not just first impression, but you're just trying to make a good impression. Everybody's on their best behavior, right? We're doing things like, guys, maybe that's when you're, you know, like opening up the car door for, and you're, you know, 
courting her. You're taking her out to restaurants and you're taking her out on dates and you're planning things. Oh, craziness. And, and Or doing, I mean, even doing the crazy things. Those of you who may meet online and come to find out that the woman you're courting lives in another state. You make it a priority to take time off of work, to go see her, possibly drive 15, 16 hours or fly her you know, to your city, put her up in a hotel so you guys can hang out. We've done both of those things. Mm-hmm. We, we have. And I actually met a couple. I was doing an event this weekend. I met a couple. They met um, over LinkedIn and he actually, you know, within a couple weeks of meeting her, drove out. He was in California. She was in Arizona. I drove out to meet her, you know, and it was one of these things where, you know, now a few years later, they're married. They're both living here in San Diego. I mean, just kind of a crazy thing. But yeah, here's a guy that, you know, connected on LinkedIn, drove probably four hours to meet her. Why? Because he thought there was something pretty special there. And he, four, no, no, it's like eight hours from here to Arizona. Well, it depends on where, I don't remember where they were going. I I don't know where they were in Arizona, but that's not the point. The point is that he, it was a substantial drive to go and find out if this was somebody that he wanted to invest even more time with, right? That's what we do at the beginning. And then, and then, you know, all those things that were so important at the beginning, right? All of these things that we were doing over time, we're like, yeah, you know what? That's not so important anymore. Like we've been married for years. Why do I have to get dressed up? Why do we have to date? Why do we have to have a conversation? Right. And I'm going to tell you why. And this, like I'm telling you folks, literally right before we got on the air, I was reading an email from a husband who is brokenhearted because he's not sure where his marriage is going right now. Because guess what? They didn't keep up doing the things that they were doing at the beginning. And over time, they have drifted so far apart. They're not sure their marriage is going to survive. Mm-hmm. Because they were, in his words, complacent about the relationship. Things were just, they were good. Good. You know, we were, we were existing. You know, we were raising our kids. We were doing our stuff. But we weren't doing what we did at the beginning. And now their very real reality is that they may be staring at the end of their relationship. Which is in the beginning and now, wherever you may be, is investing in it. You know, it's if you buy a plant and you're going to plant it in your garden or a tree, you don't just buy it in hopes that it's going to grow over time. You know that you need to water it. I mean, once you plant it, you know you need to water it. Yearly, you may even fertilize it. Mm-hmm. You may, you know, you may dig down in there and, and you may put some sort of fertilizer in there. And I'm not a farmer or a gardener. So for those of you that are, just bear with them because this yeah. is fabulous watching him trying to explain this. But, you know, you're feeding it mm-hmm. and then you're watering it some more because you want it to grow. You're investing in this plant, this living thing. The same thing happens in our marriage, right? I mean, if you want to get something, you know, if you want it to grow, you and your spouse, you got to water it. Mm-hmm. You got to invest in it because if not, it's going to die just like that plant's going to die. It's going to wither away and you may not see it happen quickly. 
it may take time. You may start seeing the leaves turning brown. And it's then that you go, oh, oh, hold on. I need to water you. And sometimes you get it quick enough. I mean, you're there in time to start watering it again, to see it grow back. Other times it's, it's too, it's too, it's too beyond. It's too late. It's too late. It, it's dead. Doesn't matter how much water you put on it. No, it doesn't matter how much fertilizer you stack on top of it. It's not going to grow. Because sometimes that very telltale sign is the last sign. There, there's a lot of little ones that are happening. And, and the reason it's so important to invest is because failure to invest in your marriage, it, it's simply a recipe for disaster. Your spouse absolutely absolutely. If I could underline this and put it in bold on a podcast with my voice, I would. Your spouse needs to know that they are both valued and desired. Valued and desired. Because see, it's not enough to know that you love your spouse. You have to tell them. You have to say it out loud. They have to hear the words, I love you. And if you want to take that even a step further, Put a because at the end of it and give them tangible reasons to hold on to. I love you because you provide for our family. I love you because you nurture our children. I love you because you always make sure that I have my favorite, you know, iced tea in the refrigerator. I love you because my clothes are taken care of. I love you because you know what? You're always up for having sex. I mean, I don't know what the I love you because is for you. And your spouse, but they need to know. It's not enough. It's not for me to know. Mm-hmm. It's for the person that you said I do to tell them why you love them, and, and and taking that step further, it's not enough to just be committed to your marriage. You have to show it, and that commitment, that commitment comes in how you treat your spouse. That commitment comes in the choices that you make on a daily basis to honor and grow your marriage, and. You know, those are making decisions on how you're going to relate to members of the opposite sex. Like when you're on a business trip, are you going to have members of the opposite sex like into your hotel room or are you going to meet them in the lobby? Are you going to, you know, I've got one client that I'm working with right now and the husband on past business trips in co-ed situations has been known to give other women, not his wife, massages like back and shoulder massages and his wife and the, they're in the process of rebuilding. And she said, absolutely not. No more, mm-hmm. no more. If you are committed to our marriage, you will not touch another woman besides me. And this husband who values his marriage and wants his wife to know that he's committed said, yes, I will honor you. I will show you commitment in that way. You know, and that commitment, it also comes through in, in, you know, Not just saying that you desire your spouse, but showing them, showing them. That means you're sending them those little text messages during the day saying, you know, I'm thinking about you. It's saying, I'm going to initiate sex with you because you know what? I think you're pretty spectacular. And yes, I really do want to have sex with you. Mm -hmm. It's guys. I, I think one area where we can woo our spouses is by taking the lead when it comes to going out on a date night. You know, not just leaving it on her shoulders. It's us as men, as husbands, and standing up and going, I'm going to woo you. 
I already have you. You're already my wife, but I'm going to show you how much I love you. You know, this is that watering part. You know, this is you watering the plant. <laughs> you know, you're showing, you're showing love. I mean, you're loving on that plant. You're giving it water. You're going, hey, I love you. I want you to grow. Same thing. What is it that you can do to show your love to your wife or your husband? Mm-hmm. These aren't, some of you may want to do this daily. You know, that's the way you want to do. Some of you are doing this daily, you know, and that's awesome. For others of you, it might work only once a week, twice a week, whatever it is for you guys. That's what matters. And some of it is going to be small things. Mm-hmm. Some of these, some of those little notes that you do leave, you know, I, I think we sort of like throw all that stuff aside. We're like, oh, that's just so goofy. And, you know, do, does it really make a difference? Yeah. I mean... I left a little note on Elisa's computer last week. Just a, It's a little note. It has a fun little deal on it. And you know what? It does make a difference. She, you know, she got it and she was just, you know, beaming. She had a smile on her face. It's still on my laptop. It's And it's still there. <laughs> I, I'm looking at it right now as we podcast. And so, you know, that's the little thing. The bigger things are you taking time to say, hey, I'm willing to invest in trying to find a place to go out for dinner. I'm willing to, you know, take some time off and just for us to go for a walk for 30 minutes and and jump down to Starbucks. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to put my phone away and not look at it. And when I say that, I'm saying it to myself too. So Everything that we're sharing here are things that we are still doing in our own marriage daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, so that it can grow, that we get back to the basics of what our marriage, what our relationship started upon. Because, and this is the last point I want to make before we start getting into those action items, is that it's not enough for you to say that your husband or wife is the most important person in your life. Ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to make the time for them because each one of these things, telling them that you love them, showing them that you're committed to the marriage, expressing desire, it's all about making time. It's about giving them the gift of yourself because I will tell you at the end of the day, there's that phrase that that says actions speak louder than words and that is not truer in any other place than it is in your marriage. Your actions speak volumes to your spouse. It tells them exactly where they fall in your priority list. It tells them how important they are. You want to see your marriage transformed, folks? You do those actions that you did at the beginning of your relationship. And I am promising you that when you start to act as if you were dating them for the very first time, when you start to treat them as you did when you first met, whether it was, you know, six months ago or 60 years ago, I'm telling you, it will make a difference in your marriage. And so, so where do you go? Because you know, we've just kind of, I mean, we're like guns blazing tonight. I mean, this is one that I'm just totally fired up about. And you guys know what happens when I get fired up. I'm like running, but where do you start? Right? Because we're saying, you know, go back to the beginning. We're saying, do those things that you did at the beginning, but where do you go? And the first one is that you guys need to sit down and you need to have a state of our marriage conversation. 
Mm-hmm. You need to take stock of where you are right now. And for those of you that are like, state of our marriage, Elisa, now what are you talking about? Check out He Zig, She Zags. Get your communication on the same path. You just go to hezigshezags.com. That's got all the detailed information on the program and where you can learn about State of Our Marriage, which is included in the very first module. I'm not going to go into it now because Tony's given me the, hey, we're running out of time look. But you got to assess where the two of you are during this conversation. Do you, do you need just a little tweak to get things back to that point? Or do you need a major adjustment? Have your ineffective behaviors been going on for a while? Or is it just like things are a little bit off track? And then you need to go and you need to say, okay, and and this is where you need to ask your spouse, what did I do at the beginning of our relationship that made you feel valued? What, What did you enjoy about that time in our relationship? Was it the conversations? Was it the dates? Was it you know, the physical touch, the hand holding, the hugs, the, the just sitting by each other and just being together, the being present. And whatever your spouse tells you, do not blow that off. Do not minimize that. If they tell you, you know what, I loved when you would just sit and just stare at me or, or when we would just like sit and watch the sunset. And if you're thinking now, oh, you know, I'm too busy for that. Then basically what you're saying is I'm too busy for you. And that's not important to me. And I don't know is not an answer. Oh, don't get me started on I don't know. I don't know. Mm -mm. You do know. You just don't want to answer. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to being truthful, which we talked about last week. Yes. Yes. So you've asked the question, what did I do at the beginning of the relationship? And then you need to together start brainstorming ways that you can bring that back into the relationship. Because what you did at the beginning those actions may look a little different over time. You know, you may have children now that were not in the picture when you first started dating. You may have health issues that weren't there at the beginning. Your financial picture may have changed. And so it may look different, but what's important at the heart of it is that those actions come from the history of the two of you into the present of the two of you and become part of that fabric of your present day marriage. And then you need to make a promise because when you said your vows, most of us have something in there about like forsaking all others. You know, this person is the person, you know, however your language is worded during your ceremony. You made a commitment that this person, the one that, you know, wears your wedding band, the one that you share a bed with, that this person was going to be the most important person. And that forsaking all others, that relates to all of your distractions, not just people. This is the most important person. And so you've got to commit to doing the same thing that you committed to on your wedding day. And that's to loving this person the same way that you did back then, but with the maturity that has come from knowing them and doing life with them. Because here's, here's the thing, guys. You don't want to be in the place that that husband is in that sent us that email. He's devastated. And I know that some of you listening to this show today can completely relate to where he is. And if you're not in that really, really bad place, but you're thinking things feel a little bit off, please don't wait. Please don't wait to start taking change, to start 
doing these things because you could wake up tomorrow with your husband or wife looking at you and saying, we need to talk. And every single word that comes after that will be one that makes your heart break. We don't want you to be there. We want to give you these tools and these strategies. We want you to check out Connect Like You Did when you first met. We want you to check out He Zigs, She Zags because these are all communication tools. And one of the things that couples tend to lack over time is that strong investment in their communication because guess what? When you're working on your communication, all of these other things fall into place because guess what you did when you first met your spouse? You talked. You talked. You got to know them. And I don't care if you've been together two years or 25 years, there's still new stuff going on every day with your spouse. And you need to, you need to be a part of that. You need to let them know that you want to be a part of that just like you did at the beginning. Yeah. And I want to take it back real quick to the quote at the beginning of the show. Do what you did at the beginning of of your relationship and there won't be an end. And truthfully folks, from us who at 11 years in looked at our marriage and wondered if we were going to make it because there was about to be an end. And as we began down this journey and getting back to the basics, about being truthful to each other, about opening up, about everything we talk about on the One Extraordinary Marriage Show brought us to where we are today. And yet, each and every day, we have to make a choice to water our marriage, water each other, so that way we can grow in our marriage, so that way, 18 years from now, we'll be looking back and going, hey guys, we've been doing the show for, what is that, 23 years, you know? It's stuff like that that make a difference in your marriage. And you're gonna look back and go, we made a change. Because we were willing to go back to the beginning, back to the basics, and revitalize our marriage. So this week, pick up something. Take a chance, take a risk. Get back to what it was. Allow that, that feeling, the butterflies, the infatuation. Put all that aside because yeah, we don't have that in our marriage anymore. But we do choose to love each other each and every day. So t so this week, go back to the basics. Choose to love your spouse and make this week extraordinary. We love you guys. And I just want to say we love all of you who've sent pictures in for the Love You Guys Wall of Fame. I, I get to stand here each and every podcast and look at you guys. And I want to say we love you guys. And if you want to get your picture up here, We'd love to have it. Send it to info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com and in the subject line, put love you guys pick because you belong up there. You are part of the one family and you have blessed us in many, many ways. Love you guys.